I coming from heaven itself for passion and intimacy with God? And the church is beginning to respond. Did you know the bride is getting ready? I remember when Derek proposed to me and I was getting ready. Oh my word, I just kept thinking I'm getting ready for the wedding. I'm just getting ready for my husband. And there was an excitement and there was a confidence in me that had not been there before. And I told everybody who would listen, I'm getting married. And so the bride, I'm just wanting to, to help us get into to that feeling that Jesus is coming back for his bride and his bride is getting ready for him. And so I wanted to ask you, what is the cry of your heart? Um, I'm going to read Psalm 27.4 and I would ask you, um, does this encapsulate your heart, what you are feeling? Psalm 27.4, um, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord, in his presence, all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness and delightful loveliness of the Lord, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. You see, abiding in him, abide means to be at home. Now, um, at home, we, we don't stay shut in, um, you know, forever and ever and ever our home we we go out we go to work we visit friends we do things and we come back but we always come back um and i would ask you uh when i say to you home what does that mean to you what what kind of feelings do you have sadly for for some children for some people home is not a happy place sometimes home is a war zone it is not meant to be a home is meant to be a place of acceptance of peace, um, of security, of love, um, and where you're not trying to impress anybody um, and you can walk around in your PJs and slippers and you be comfortable. And so home, certainly for me, it's a place of, of rest, it's a place of security, and when I've been out and about and I come back, as I open the front door, it's like coming, for me, coming into the presence of the Lord. It's like, ah, I'm home. It's safe. This is my home. This is where the Lord dwells with us. And so, as I said, we don't stay at home all day and every day. We go in and out. And so it is when we abide in the Lord. Yes, we have other things to do. But our heart is, is, is in Christ. It's, it's, we always come back to him. He is that place of safety, a place where we are assured of his great love. On our last program, I was reading out what God's love is. It is unconditional. He will never withdraw it. However good or however bad we are, he loves us. And his love is, is not based on fickle feelings. It's actually based on his nature, as we said last time. God is love. Love is God. God is love. He doesn't bear grudges against us. He doesn't take offense. Um, he's always seeking the very best for each and every one of us. His love isn't based on our performance. His love isn't based um, on anything that we do. Uh, 
It's based on his love for us, warts and all. His love is eternal and he will never ever stop loving us. We may stop loving him, but he never stops loving us and he will pursue us and he will come for us and he will, as it were, romance us and woo us back to himself. And when we wander off, as I said, he reaches out to us. Human nature would be, well, if you've gone, you're gone. See if I care. But that's not God. That's not our God. His heart. You have a special place in God's heart that no one else can possibly take your place. Let's consider what it costs God to love us. You see, his love came at a great expense to him. Free gift to us great expense to him and he wanted us to spend eternity with us with him so much that he went to extravagant ends so that we could be with him and live with him eternally God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that those who believe in him would not perish but would have eternal life would have life with him. What did God have to do before we could dwell with him in heaven? He had to die for us. He, Jesus and God were face to face. They were so close. It cost God absolutely everything for his son to take on the form of a human being, to lay aside his glory and live as a man on this earth for us. We remember that Jesus had to take all our sin, all our guilt. He took our shame. He took our sicknesses. He took our diseases. He took our torments on himself, on that dreadful cross at Calvary. And now we wear a cross, um, and that's absolutely right, um, as a recognition we belong to him. But do you know the cross in Jesus' day was the same as the electric chair or the hangman's noose? It was considered the worst kind of possible way to put someone to death who was a criminal. Jesus allowed himself to be betrayed by Judas. He knew what he was doing. He allowed himself to be tortured by the Roman guards. He allowed himself to be humiliated. He was spat upon. They pulled his beard out. They punched him in the face. And that was the Sadducees and Pharisees, as well as the Romans. He allowed himself to be rejected as of something of no worth. He was despised. He was jeered at. As I said, he was spat upon, which is one of the most insulting things you can do, is to spit in somebody's face. He was beaten practically to a pulp. He was nailed to a criminal cro criminal's cross between two criminals, and he died a criminal's death. Why? All for love of us. How could we ever doubt that he loves us? when he paid such a price. And that's not the worst of it. There was a spiritual side. 
where all our sins and sicknesses were put on him and he was separated from God for the first time in his whole life, in his whole existence, because he's pre-existent with God. He had never, ever been separated from his father. And he cried out, oh my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You hear the hearts cry. He was separated so that we could be joined together with God, so we, we, we could be reunited with God. Our salvation cost God everything. We'll never know till we get to heaven, I think, how much it really cost Almighty God. We should never ever take it lightly. Sadly, we do. But when we come and ask his forgiveness, he's just there, ready to forgive us. I wanted to give you an illustration, actually, of, of sometimes how, how we behave. Uh, and sadly, I've been, I've been guilty of this on occasions. And so um, Patsy Caminetti was one of our teachers in Bible school and she told us a story. There was a girl called Rhonda at school and she wasn't in the in, in crowd. And actually I never was as a child anyway. And so she, she, the in crowd didn't want anything to do with her. And Patsy, you know, I think was probably on the brink or maybe friendly with the in crowd. And so she didn't think much of Rhonda either. Anyway, they had a school outing and they all went swimming and nobody noticed that... Uh, Patsy was, was drowning and it was only Rhonda who noticed. Rhonda rushed to her rescue. Um, she caught hold of her. She swam back to the shore. She brought her aside. She started to give her first aid. Rhonda saved her life. And Patsy said she liked Rhonda after that. And she thought, oh, that was good of Rhonda. Good old Rhonda. But she never had a personal relationship with her. She never pursued a friendship with Rhonda. Now, some of us can be like that with Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You've rescued me. Um, thanks, you know, I've got eternal life. Um, I don't particularly want to be that close to you, but thanks for getting me to heaven and saving me. Oh, please, God, none of us would ever be like that. Jesus deserves our undying devotion. And I know that your heart is with mine. The one way, you know, that we show our love to the Lord, the one way we love him, spending time in his presence. I can't tell you how many wives who have confided in me, my husband doesn't have time for me. I want him. I want him to spend time with me. But that's the one thing he doesn't seem to be able to give me. Are you going to give Jesus time? You know, sometimes it's good for us to remember when we wake up, Jesus is there with his arms open wide. Do we say, oh, sorry, Jesus, I haven't got time. I've woken up late, got to get washed and dressed. Um, and then at work, at the break time, Jesus is there with his arms open wide. Do we say, oh, I haven't got time. I'm with my friends. Then he comes home. Jesus is there, arms open wide. Do we say, oh, sorry, got, yeah, I haven't got time to spend with you. I, I've, I've got to catch up on my work. And then when we get to bed, his arms are open wide. Do we say, oh, I'm too tired. I see you in the morning, Lord. He deserves our undying devotion. He deserves us to spend quality time with him. There's a cry coming from heaven for passion and intimacy 
And my beloved brothers and sisters, we must begin to respond. The bride is getting ready to meet the bridegroom. You see, God is the fulfillment of the deepest longings of the human heart. I promise you, he is the only one who can totally fulfill you. Yes, we have a husband, we have a wife, we have friends, we have children. And yes, we come close and our love is so precious to us. But no human love can ever fully, fully, fully fill our longing heart, which is for God. I asked you earlier, is the cry of your heart the same as the psalmist? I'll read Psalm 73 again. Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon the earth that I desire above thee. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the rock and strength of my heart. He is my portion forever. He is my inheritance. He is my everything. Verse 28, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God. I have made the Lord God my refuge and placed my trust in him so that I may declare all your works. I would ask you, what is the one thing that you desire above everything else? Is it expressed in this psalm? The one thing that I ask of the Lord the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. And I'm repeating verse 23 of Psalm 20, 73. Whom have I in heaven but you? Answer, Lord, I desire you more than anything on earth. The time we spend with the Lord, into, uh, sorry, the, the time that we spend with the Lord, it changes us. His love flows into us, and all those rough bits of us begin to to wear off. And Pastor Derek and I have noticed that when um, when we take the time, which we do each day, but sometimes other things come in. When we take that time to pray together, to pray in tongues. Our relationship with one another is so much better. We have a wonderful relationship, but it's even more special when we've been praying together, praying in tongues. But then we like to be on our own and spend that time with the Lord. And also that time in private with the Lord really changes us. It shapes the kind of people that we become. Are we fretful, anxious? When we spend time with him, we become relaxed, knowing that our lives are in his hands and that the one who really really loves us he's in control of our life if we will let him and the private time spent in worship it greatly enhances the times uh, when we gather together with other believers and as i said with our spouse but most of all our personal and individual worship brings the lord huge delight just think on that god gets delight with us? How amazing is that? You see, God is the fulfillment of the deepest longing of the human heart, as I've said. Experiencing God's presence, it makes life all worthwhile. When we enjoy regular and intimate fellowship uh, 
with God, we have that inward joy, don't we? Despite um, negative reports, unfavorable circumstances, frustrations, uh, because I work in the bed and breakfast, and there can be such frustrations. Uh, you know, when you, when you work with, with people, none of us is perfect. And so it, it, that joy will override all that frustration and it will override personal disappointments because, you know, what the devil dishes out for evil and harm, if we turn to God, if we spend that time with him, then he will turn it for our good. And when we're enjoying regular and special and intimate uh, fellowship with God, God himself becomes our source of total fulfillment. His, he is the source of our total fulfillment. And deep, satisfying communion, fellowship with him gives us unspeakable confidence. And we're able to share the gospel more easily because we've got that confidence. We are filled with his Holy Spirit. Um, and also we're no longer dependent on other people's opinions of us. I used to be so, how can I say, at the, at the whim of other people's um, opinion. Um, if they liked me, I was, oh, I was okay. And if they expressed their dislike for me, I felt, oh, I was rubbish. That's not how God wants us to live. And that's not how I am living because I'm in Christ Jesus. We're no longer dependent on other people's favorable opinions of us. Um, we don't need their opinions to give us security. We don't need their opinions to have a feeling of significance. We do not need their opinions to feel that we are worth anything. Our worth, your worth, comes from knowing that God loves you, that God delights in you, God likes you. I was told once by someone in authority, well, God doesn't like you, he loves you. And you know that put me right down God loves you. He likes you. He likes to be with you. He likes to spend time with you. Please remember that. God loves you. God likes to spend time with you. He passionately pursues you. If he didn't like you, he wouldn't pursue you. He loves you. He likes you. After all, he paid the price for you. Can you see it really? That price that Jesus paid on the cross, it's like a bride price. We have people um, from Africa in our church wonderful believing people and the girls that are getting married recently their uh, future husband has had to pay a bride price for them and I thought yes Jesus paid the humongous bride price for each and every one of us so that we could be his bride as you worship him in your private time tell him how much you love him. Don't be embarrassed. Tell him how much you love him. Then you begin to see your true worth. As you love him, as you let him love you, you will know your true value. Beloved, you are priceless, absolutely priceless. My mom used to have a photograph of my brother and she would bring it out and she'd, oh, look at this, this is my Gordon. You know, God has your name your heart on his hand. He said, this is my child. I love you. You'll begin to see 
that your value is an individual it doesn't rest in your personal achievements it doesn't rest in your popularity it doesn't rest in you keeping the law it doesn't rest even on your spiritual maturity or how often you fast or how often you pray your value entirely rests upon knowing deep inside you God deeply loves you and that you in return are deeply in love with him yes it's good it's kosher you are in love with God when I was attending Pastor Derek's theology class we were going through the attributes of God and how amazing God is and I remember as I was thinking through this I said oh God oh God I am so in love with you and I still am so in love with him he is my life he is my God he is my Savior God has pursued me when I couldn't have cared less about him God has given me life when I should have died God has given me love he's given me a family he's given me a beloved and wonderful husband he's given me a future and a hope and he's doing exactly the same for you if you've been rejected turn to him let him love you let him go into the very deep parts of your heart and bring out that rejection and fill it with his love and his acceptance you know how do we respond to his love we respond by drawing close to him did you know that you need never ever feel alone again or lonely and I've heard so many people say I'm lonely I need a husband no actually we don't have to feel alone when we have that place of intimacy with the Lord when we press through all the negative things that try and stop us you will know that you know how deeply you are loved and that you can run to that place and say oh Lord I love you and he will love the loneliness out of you I promise you that and someone actually gave me very good advice when I was living on my own for the first time in my life she said to me Hillary if you want a friend be a friend and that is what has encouraged me to reach out to invite people around to do things for people to be a friend rather than seeking to have a friend and I have friends and how are we going to respond to the Lord are we going to respond by saying I love you Lord I love you Lord with all my heart I love you Lord with all my soul I love you Lord with all my mind I love you Lord with all my strength proclaim this by faith because the first time I said it I felt a hypocrite I thought but the Lord I don't love you enough say it by faith said I love the Lord my God with all my heart with all my soul with all my mind and with all my strength and I love my neighbor as myself and it will come to pass as you proclaim it God passionately wants you to know him more intimately than you've ever imagined possible when we worship him we are blessing him did you know it's the greatest privilege of every believer 
to worship God. When we enter into that secret place, we've pushed past all those barriers and we enter in by faith and not by our fickle feelings. Do you know, it doesn't matter what kind of personality we've got, whether it's outgoing or, or introverted, emotional or quiet, we can have a rich, loving, passionate, worshipful life with God. And I just wanted to pray with you. Father, Abba, I ask again that your precious, wonderful Holy Spirit will touch each one of us so deeply, so deeply that every day we will enter into a new place of intimacy, of worship in you. Father, I ask again that we will find the delight in you that we have long desired and all those longings that be satisfied by you and you alone completely. Father, I ask you that you open the eyes of our hearts so that each one of us will come to know and experience your precious tender love for us in a greater way than ever before. Father, I ask you that the passion of our lives will be to fill your heart, beloved Heavenly Father, Abba God, with beautiful, adoring love and worship that thrill and delight you. Father, you are the true lover of our souls. You are the one who is altogether holy. You are the one who is altogether worthy. You are the one who is altogether lovely. Father, I pray, pray that the cry of our hearts will be, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I am so in love with you. In Jesus' name, amen. God chose certain places in Israel for certain events and revelations. And I have written four books that show how understanding about these places actually enhances the revelation. Joshua's Jericho shows how the archaeology proves the Bible story true. Sodom and Gomorrah have been found and we show where these places are that proves the story of the Bible's true. Revelations at Caesarea Philippi, many pictures that show and illustrate why Jesus chose that place to announce that he would build his church. And Mount Moriah, Golgotha and the Garden Tomb, we talk about the very place Jesus died and rose again, bringing the story of the Bible to life. You can get these books by going to oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or phoning 01865 515086. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk where you can also make a donation to our ministry or contact us on 01865 515 086.